Run Facebook ads, they said. It's the way to generate traffic, make easy sales, just jump on Facebook, fire up the ads manager. Nothing could be easier, except that wasn't the experience I had. See, when we started running Facebook ads for our companies, we ran into a little snag called Facebook compliance. And if you've tried to run any kinds of ads on Facebook, you've probably been just as um, befuddled as we were about their compliance. Yes, they have a compliance page. Yes, they tell you what's acceptable, what's not. But so much of it just seems like a completely gray area where one day your ads are working and the next day you wake up and they're not. And Facebook will not tell you why. They will not give you any clear answers as what you can do differently. You're just sort of left out there on your own. So that's why I'm so excited about our guest today on What's the Secret Podcast. His name is Ed Ray, and Ed is a top-tier copywriter and a Facebook compliance expert when it comes to creating landing pages and writing copy and ads that are Facebook compliant. We actually hired Ed at Offline Sharks to help us with compliance, and it has been amazing. We've been running ads. We've had no issues for products that people told us we would have issues for, but because of his expertise, it's all gone really smooth. Now, when that happened, I immediately realized I needed to bring Ed's expertise on Facebook compliance to the What's the Secret listeners. You need to hear his insights. So if you're running ads right now or you're thinking of running ads on Facebook for your business, you need the expertise, the insights, and the tips that Ed is going to drop on this episode about Facebook and Facebook compliance. Ed was also, just so you know, the former acquisition manager for Dan Locke. Um, he's a superstar marketer and a great guy. I know you're going to enjoy this episode of What's the Secret. So grab a cool drink, set back, relax, and enjoy this episode of What's the Secret with Ed Ray. Hey, have you went to TomGaddis.com and got your free e-guide, The Milk It Method? If not, what are you waiting for? You should do that right now. Head over to TomGaddis.com and download The Milk It Method. This is my four-step blueprint of exactly how I've built my business from a service business to a seven-figure online business. It'll give you all the strategies and the high-thinking process you need to do that in your own business. So head over to TomGaddis.com right now and download your free e-guide of the Milk It Method. Tired of being at the mercy of your job? Tired of watching your hard work fill someone else's bank account? Want control of your time and lifestyle? Well, if you want the real secrets, the gurus won't tell you of how ordinary people just like you and me can create thriving businesses that deliver financial and lifestyle freedom, you're in the right place. Aloha. My name's Tom Gaddis, and welcome to What's the Secret Podcast. All right. Aloha, and welcome to What's the Secret Podcast. Ed Ray, how's it going, man? Tom, I'm incredible. Thank you for having me. Super stoked. Yeah, I know. I feel like I say this every episode when I bring a guest on, but like I was really, I'm really excited about this episode. And part of that comes from, I really try to bring people on the podcast that can talk about topics that I don't feel like get enough attention or people just don't really know a lot about. And you know, what brought me just so our listeners know what brought me to Ed 
is we've been starting to, one of our goals this year at Offline Sharks is to start running paid traffic and Facebook is part of that. And so, you know, one of the things that we've run into is compliance and Ed is an expert in Facebook compliance and copy. And so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today and hopefully giving you guys some good insight and some things that you can take action on and put into practice if you're looking to run ads on Facebook. But Ed, before we get into all of that stuff, why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit about how you ended up here? Because I know you got started in this game young, right? I mean, you're still young, right? Like I'm 47, so you're still you're still young. But I know you got started and, and moved up pretty quickly, just like right out of the gate. So yeah, why don't you let listeners know a little bit about you? First of all, you're 47? Damn. 47. Dude, I hope I look good. I hope I look like you when I'm 47. So I started, I got into the online marketing space as a consumer uh, when I was 11 years old. Uh, It all started with a girl. I was obsessed. Her name was Megan, uh, Megan Cooper. Shout out to you, Megan, if you're watching this. Don't know why she would be. She's no interested in this stuff. But anyway, (laughs) anyway. uh, so I looked, I went home and I typed in one sentence that changed my life, how to get girls to like me. You know, it's, it's, it's still a question that hasn't really been solved yet, but we're working on it. Uh, <laughs> um, so that threw me in the world of direct response dating. I consumed all the VSLs, all the emails. Uh, I went to the local gas station with my little bit of like savings and I, I bought prepaid credit cards to buy some of these like, you know, $49 books and offers and uh, PDFs and coaching programs. Uh, so I've been studying psychology, masculine, feminine energy, and just marketing as a consumer since I was 11. And when I was 15, I decided, you know what? These dudes are making all this money doing this like dating stuff. Why don't I do that? Why don't I sell my own dating information? So I started a YouTube channel, which by the way is now I deleted it because I tried to get a job back in the day. Unfortunately, so you can't watch those incredible videos of how to, how to get her to text you back. <laughs> so I was trying to sell my own like, you know, dating products and stuff on my YouTube channel. That didn't work. So I joined an MLM and I lost like 5,000 bucks. This is when I was probably 16. And I did that MLM for about eight months, but I learned how to write and run my own Facebook ads. So that's kind of how it all got started. So, excuse me, when I was 17, still in high school, I started my own freelance copywriting one man show and I got clients. I remember my first ever thousand dollar deal. I asked my uh, geography teacher at the end of class, it was like the end of the day, I was like, hey, can I leave five minutes early so I can talk to this potential client? He's like, sure, go for it, okay. And that was the first thousand dollar deal I ever closed on the phone on school grounds. So that, that was pretty cool. So by the time I was 17, uh, still a full-time student, still, uh, working, uh, doing my own side hustle business on top of, you know, extracurricular. I was part of the music program. I used to play trumpet, uh, competitive breakdancing, uh, and still getting like 80, 80, 90% in uh, school. So I joined this, uh, this company from this influencer who, uh, was really, really big in the biz op space in like 2018. And I worked for him for two and a half years. 
and I just quit uh, middle of March of this year. And now I'm just apparently the Facebook guy. <laughs> and now I'm 20 years old. I just turned 20 uh, last month. Man, it's, it's crazy how the twists and turns of life just lead us into certain situation, isn't it? Like yeah, there's so a couple odd. of things that just in your story that really stood out to me because, you know, I've been, I've had the, the opportunity and the privilege to be able to interview quite a few people with the podcast so far. And it's like, you know, whenever you think of, you know, growing a business online, everybody always thinks of doing everything online, but so many people have the same kind of story you did where they, they started as a consumer of the products then, uh, you know, they started maybe to make their own products or they got into offering some type of service that related to marketing in general, like copywriting or, you know, really like learning their chops. Right. And those same types of things with, you know, your, the experiences that you talked about. And I appreciate being so transparent about the things you did that didn't work. Right. Like, I think that's so important for people to hear that, you know, sometimes we get this really fuzzy image that people just sort of like spring forth as these great marketers with amazing businesses. And the reality is it takes time. It takes learning your, you know, learning the fundamentals, learning your craft, learning the skills and gradually building up into those things, you know? And uh, the, the fact that you've been able to do it at such a young age, I mean, hats off to you, my friend, because <laughs> I could not do it. Like being young got I, I mean, I got started really late and uh i just couldn't get past the um the power of youth right it would pull me in all these different directions so but yeah man that's really awesome and so you know you were talking about uh you know doing the doing the facebook ads and now that's kind of like the niche you've carved for yourself right specifically facebook compliance yeah yeah and so for those of you that don't know so like when you so Facebook, it's like, we always talk about this offline shark. It's like a love hate relationship with Facebook. Cause you get on there, you know, and you're like, everybody talks about running traffic on Facebook and having offers and you can put all of this stuff together and then you fire up your ads and they can be doing okay for a while. And then all of a sudden, like Facebook just turns your stuff off one day and they're like, Nope, this isn't following compliance. Right. And trying to get an answer from Facebook about what is compliant and what is not is almost impossible, right? A wild goose chase. Yeah, a wild goose chase. So, you know, it really does come down to just like running ads, testing things and figuring out exactly what it is that Facebook is looking for. And one of the things that really caught my interest about you and what you were doing on Facebook is, you know, you really, to me, the first time I heard you talking about it, you explained it in a way that made sense to me of, of where you kind of approach it from Facebook's side, right? Like maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Like, like what it, exactly is it that Facebook is looking to do and what is it that they're trying to do with the people on their platform that can affect the offers that you put up and the, you know, the copy you write and how you kind of frame things for their specific users. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's about one thing and one thing only user experience, truly. Uh, and the, the misconception a lot of people have about Facebook compliance is that it's all about the words. It's not always about the words. It's literally about how the user interacts with your funnel too. So what does that look like? For example, if at the bottom of your page, you have the terms and conditions button and your privacy, poly but, uh, privacy policy button and you tap it and it doesn't take you to an actual privacy policy or terms and conditions page, 
that they could shut down your funnel for lack of transparency because that's poor user experience. Uh, if you are making a user feel bad about themselves because you're calling out, uh, you know, being overweight and some of the effects of being overweight and it's like, oh, you know, being overweight sucks because everyone looks at you funny and they, they, they make jokes behind your back and really digging into that pain, uh, that could be seen as poor user experience and that Facebook will shut down your stuff. So long story short, really user experience is everything, even in your upsells. Like if, if you're holding your, the user hostage, it's more likely your stuff's going to get shut down because Facebook actually sends surveys to your buyers, especially supplements, ingestibles, and uh, physical products, also digital too, to ask how their experience was buying from you. You know, how was it buying from this person? Would you recommend this to a family or friend? How was the experience? Uh, would you buy from them again? Did it, it give you the results that it, uh, they promised? And these are all things that most people think about. They don't even think about. These are your experience. Yeah, I think, well, I think that's a really great point you just brought up there because that this idea that it's about the feelings the person has when they're on Facebook and those things that you talked about, about like using the weight loss as an example, like that's pretty much classic direct response copywriting, right? Like you find yeah. the pain point, you twist it, you open it up, you pour salt in, like you you try to get the person in a state of knowing that this problem they have is like, is a big problem. And now look, here's my solution. And what you're saying is that is not copacetic with Facebook because they don't want people sitting on Facebook, just feeling bad in general. Like they want them to have a good feeling when they're going through. So you have to kind of tone all that stuff back and find a different approach that, you know, you know, moves people to action, but also keeps them you know, feeling good about being on Facebook, right? Yeah. And overall, uh, two really, really great angles that you, that work is just focusing more on the positive. Facebook wants its users to have a good experience. Focus on the positive, really. Like instead of, uh, you know, people are going to make jokes about how fat you are and <laughs> uh, like, what's your wife going to think? You know, like you hate taking your shirt off at the beach. It's like, I'm finally so happy that uh, I'm able to take my shirt off and feel confident in my skin and be proud of the hard work and dedication it took to get me here. Right. And I was only able to do that because of, you know, the system, whatever the product is. Well, that's, that's a, a very different approach. Yeah. That, and, but that's a great insight. And really, you know, you know, when it comes to, and I know that we've, I think as marketers, sometimes we're guilty of this. It's like, pointing out the pain and doing those things is almost like it, it just, it, it's effective. Right. And so sometimes when we see those things, we get wrapped up in that that's the only way to do it because that's what everybody else does. That's what everybody says to do. And it, and it, and also it works. Right. But there is something to be said for that positive approach. I mean, that can work just as well too. It may require a little thought, a little more, you know, strategy on your part, but it can be done in the context of what you're trying to get someone to do, right? It's kind of a game. And so there's the positive approach. The other approach is to also focus more on the mechanism or how they get the results without claiming what the result is. So for example, um, I made this really bold prediction to my email list uh, that basically says that classic biz op is gonna die. You know, like the make money online, I truly believe that that's not gonna, that's not gonna be around much longer, except for affiliate, 
email. Okay, fine. But like cold traffic for the most part, they're going to crack down on that. That's my prediction. Um, because if you think about it, going back to the mechanism, it's like, I'm going to show you how to make money online. Okay. Like the mechanism is whatever versus. So the, the new biz op is going to be to freelancers and people who already have a skill, who already have some kind of existing uh, vehicle and then helping them accelerate it. So instead of selling them the car, which is, Hey, I'm going to teach you how to make money online. You're helping whatever car they have go faster. So it's, I'm going to show you how to get clients or how to get more clients. That's like, that's where I see BizOp evolving into over the next six, 12 months. Wow. That's an, that's an interesting insight because I could, I could totally see that happening. And, you know, when you're, you know, one of the things that you touched on there that I know is, you know, a big thing in Facebook compliance is you mentioned the results, right? That's, that's another thing as, you know, classic direct response marketers like to talk about the results and setting, you know, um, you know, playing up the results people are going to get and what, and, and what they're going to do. But when it comes to Facebook specifically and marketing on there and what you're suggesting is what will eventually bleed over into all the other ways to generate cold traffic is that you have to be very, very careful about results, right? Like, I mean, Facebook doesn't like, I mean, even simple things that you may think would be okay. Maybe you can give us some examples of that. Like what is something that Facebook would look at and go up, you're promising a result and you need to kind of steer away from that. Yeah. So some really important ones that are very common is anything within a time frame is seen as can be seen as over promising. Think about it. If Facebook wants to cover their ass legally because they can get sued by having people advertising their platform and making claims, uh, they get sued if someone's unhappy. So let's say, you know, I'll show you how to lose seven pounds in seven days. A consumer doesn't lose that seven pounds in seven days. Well, shit, Facebook gets sued. So even like using specific numbers of, Hey, I'm going to show you how to lose seven pounds. That's still over promising. It can be seen as over promising rather. Um, so what you would say potentially instead is help support healthy weight management or help promote a faster metabolism. So it's more softer words because the, the trick is to Facebook and the FTC as well. It doesn't want you to make people have incredible results. You just want to bring them to homeostasis to normal, to like average. So if someone has erratic blood sugar, AKA diabetes, you, you also, you can't call it diabetes on Facebook. You just, have, you just have to say erratic blood sugar or find another crafty way. And quick tip for those of you in the uh, health industry, instead of calling out a disease by name, call it out by the symptom or find a way to describe how the symptom feels. Uh, so for example, I had a client who wants to launch this like anxiety course on how to, you know, stop having anxiety. So I went to Reddit. I looked up, what does anxiety feel like? It feels like you're always, uh, always nervous. So I got him to name the course, the calm your nerves course, not the anxiety course. It's the calm your nerves. So that, that's another great point you bring up there because I know you and I have had conversations about this before, um, but to kind of bring the listeners in the loop, you know, Facebook doesn't like you to, uh, to identify people, right? So like having a, something that's like, do you suffer from diabetes or yeah. is diabetes getting you down is not good because 
and you know, a user may look at that and say, how do they know I have diabetes, right? And like exactly. Facebook doesn't want them, they don't want them, again, back to that user experience, they don't want them yeah. having that feeling of like, is Facebook spying on me? Like th that type of a thing, correct? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Actually, uh, I had one client, so they, they had a video that they were, you know, advertising on Facebook. There was maybe like one line of copy, like the body text, and that was fine. The headline was fine. The first line of text in the video, literally, it was got back pain, question mark. And then it was like a bunch of, then it was like a normal doctor video. And they kept getting shut down. I got them to change, got back pain to, I think it was something like, uh, uh, I used to have bad back pain or like, you know, start moving more freely. So talking in the lower back, like, yeah. So talking about yourself experiencing mm -hmm. those things can be okay. It's just not calling the user out on those things. Yeah. So my, my cool trick is to, instead of using the word you, I know like <laughs> there's this, there's this stigma or like dogma in going around the marketing community. That's like, Oh, my thing is compliant. It doesn't have the word you in it. That's a good start, <laughs> but this, it does help. It does help. Uh, so instead of saying you, you make it either a neutral statement, a third party statement or an I statement. So neutral is like, you know, this thing sucks or, or, or this thing, uh, is bad for most people. So that's a neutral statement. It's just, it's a statement. It's not like a you, it's not a me. It just is what it is. Uh, so then there's a third party statement. It's like most people experience X, Y, Z. So one of the ads that I wrote that totally crushed it was one of the greatest struggles in today's world is that most people are stuck in, in a dead end job. Right. So that worked well, by the way, I wouldn't suggest using that uh, because of what I mentioned about BizOp going to, to die uh, so yeah. don't do that on Facebook. <laughs> uh, and we can talk more about that later, maybe. So, and then the I statement, pretty self-explanatory, you know, I experienced this, I experienced that. Um, but caveat results in a time frame. You can't say I lost X amount of pounds in X amount of days or whatever it is, or I made X amount of dollars, X amount of days. You can, you can say, Hey, using this system, I made, you know, 30 K in a month, like in that time frame of the month itself. Not like it took me 30 days to get the result. If that makes sense. Wow, so it's a like, subtle, a subtle difference. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then you also have to have a disclaimer too, like on any kind of claims, basically the more, the more disclaimers and the more citations you use, the better. Uh, I've seen, especially in the health industry, I've seen some people have like up to 120, 130 citations for a solid 6,000, 8,000 word sales letter. Wow. Yeah, dude. Well, so if, so if somebody's, so if somebody's looking to maybe, maybe they're having some issues like, They've tried to run some ads. Maybe they're having some, you know, some issues with things getting shut down. What are some of the most, like, what are some of the most common things that you see amongst your clients and just in the industry in general that people should take a look at? I know you mentioned the word you, which when I first heard you say that, like, that was like a, a revelation to me because I thought you, like, how could that be seen as non-compliant? This episode of What's the Secret Podcast is sponsored by Offline Sharks. 
offline sharks where website designers, social media experts, SEO professionals can get custom software tools and training on how to quickly scale and grow their digital agencies. If you're looking to build reoccurring revenue into your agency and go from one to two clients to six figures and beyond, Offline Sharks is the place to do it. So head over to offlinesharks.com forward slash Tom and start growing your agency today. Then when you explained it, I was like, ah, I get it. Like you're kind of calling them out, but what yeah. are some maybe other common areas that people tend to tend to miss? So before I answer that, I do have to do a disclaimer. Facebook compliance is never black or white. All the things that I recommend is on a scale. So if you're, if you're operating a seven out of 10, you're going to get sued. You operate at a, at a five out of 10. Uh, it's like, you're definitely gonna get shut down very fast. I like to operate at a 2.3 out of 10. Like that's the sweet spot for me. Um, so saying the word you is totally fine, but it's always what comes before and after the word you, that's the problem. So just by removing it altogether, you remove a lot of the issues you would have. But you still have to look at what was coming before and after and make sure one, you're not, you're not you're not making the user feel bad. You're not doing the time frame yeah. things like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You have to look at it so as a whole. It's right? like 80, 20, just cut out the word you because it makes your life a lot easier unless you are a Facebook compliant expert. Like just, so that's like a, a dogma I do want to address. So some of the most common issues that people have when it comes to making non-compliant funnels is, or just stuff on Facebook is one, they think Facebook compliance only applies to your ads when actually it also applies to your landing page, uh, your sales letter, your webinar, whatever it is. The second thing is they think that Facebook can't detect non-compliant images or videos. If you've ever seen a video that's been auto transcribed or, you know, auto caps captioned, you know that Facebook can hear what you're saying on your videos. So making it less compliant is not going to help you. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's a, Funny thing that people think that uh, videos and images are like, they can make those non-compliant. Like, you know, if you, obviously this is extreme, but like, if you've got a photo of like a, a kid, like like a baby crying, getting held at gunpoint, trying to advertise a, a gun holster product, the gun holster product, that is compliant as long as you're not actually selling a gun, by the way, cool fact. But because of how sensational and graphic it is, that's going to get you in hot water. Uh, so having very, having like, classic sensational language and like the way that I best describe, it, I know I'm kind of like jumping around point to point, but it all makes sense uh, as a whole. Um, one, it's uh, how you say it is more important than what you say. And two, there's two ways that uh, they go through your funnel. One, so they have a, an automatic review. So the, um, the AI, the algorithm for Facebook checks for keywords and phrases. So they look at it logically of keywords and phrases, but then the manual reviewer, like a person, like an employee will look at it and that's an emotional based thing. So how do they feel when they're reading it? So you always want to have that with, have that two lenses. First is what keywords, like obviously like fantastic secret discovery, amazing. Like, no, dude, you can't say that shit anymore. Like I went on this like shocking discovery of this, breakthrough new product invented by, you know, 
these Swiss Himalayan, uh, I don't know, like <laughs> doctors and scientists who, I don't know, you know, like, it's just like, oh, if it sounds like copywriting, you're going to get, you're going to get screwed by Facebook basically. Like, um, using super hardcore words, like disgusted grief problems, uh, like pain, suffering, all like all the negative words you can think of that are just like over-exaggerating. Let's put it this way. If you like, if you went to your friend and you started reading your sales letter and they look at you funny, obviously like, like, is that how you would talk to somebody? If it's not how you talk to somebody, then don't write it on Facebook. And then right. just people say it's watered down copywriting. I think it's just how people talk copywriting, not right. the really sensational attention grabbing discover the amazing new secret of like, bro, no one talks like that. Like, come yeah. On. The sumo ninja blueprint, uh, secret yeah. formula. <laughs> so, so, the 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 western market has entered this very interesting place where everybody's pretty much seen everything and i mean obviously like the stuff still sells i can't deny that but for like like that's usually ice cold traffic of people who've never bought before or like rarely the people who have purchased a few things they've heard a lot of stuff they've seen a lot of stuff they're tired of the bullshit they're tired of the hype it's like be honest about what you've got. Like if it's got flaws, tell me about them. Don't sound like a overhyped salesman. Make it sound like you're my friend and you actually care about my results. Not just you're trying to sell me some shit. Well, you know, I think what you're talking about there is like one, like caring about your customers and really making an effort to bring them something that you, you feel can really help them and improve whatever it is they're trying to do. And two is you're talking about being authentic, which is something that like I notice, like those are the types of people that I really resonate with. The people that I see that just, they just seem authentic. They don't seem, you know, they're not like standing in front of 14 Ferraris. They're not like in their garage with all the, like in front of the big mansion, but they're just, <laughs> they're, they're authentic. Right. And one of the things that I know from my experience of, of putting out products is, you know, the first products that I put out were, I mean, the things that I was showing people how to do, they were they were not going to make, you know, it, it's not going to take somebody to a multi-million dollar business. They were specific solutions to problems that could do small things. And I remember in the beginning, I thought, well, people aren't going to buy this. But the reality is people are looking for that kind of stuff because they they can't even, you know, it's hard for them to do the small things and you have to do those first. And so even if you come in with those you know, realistic type things, people resonate with that. And you do come across as more authentic and having something that they can actually get value from. That's so true. That's so true. Uh, like everyone's like, I'm going to show you how to make a six figure year business. Well, shit. How about like, like you help them get to their first thousand dollars first. Like they, yeah. like these people have bought like, you know, 10, 15 other products and they haven't made any money with any of it. So people are sick and tired of the overhyped claims. And then it, Think about how, how like, this is something my, my good friend Blake Wyatt said to me. He's like, people are like, if you think about it, like logically, okay. People promise, I'm going to show you how to make six figures. Right. And then they go, I'm going to show you how to make seven figures. There's a huge jump between <laughs> six and seven figures. Like, yeah. it's, it's like, it's, you know, logically like one number away, but that's like, that's a $900,000 difference. That's 10 times. 
what happened to mid six figures? <laughs> right. <laughs> we just, we just push that under the rug. <laughs> yeah. Like what the heck? Like where so like people are so jaded and skeptical. Like it's it's way more believable to say, hey, like okay, compliant claims aside, the, these are the principles we're talking about here. The principle of the matter of you know unhyped claims is you know I can show you how to make you know twenty five thousand, fifty thousand dollars a year as a side hustle with this thing. You know, like if you want more help down the road, I can help you get to 100K, but 25K a year is a good start. That's a way more believable thing that I'm going to show you how to make 200K a year, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, it, this is something that I, I I feel like I bring up in every episode too is, and we were kind of talking about it earlier. Again, that like there's a, there's a process and a, a gradual upslope to those bigger income levels. You don't just come out of the gate and then, you know, in two weeks or a month, you're generating six or seven figures. Like you've got to, you got to start somewhere. And I'm always harping on people in our, in our offline sharks community. Cause sometimes we get people, they come in and they're like, you show them how, like you say, look, I'm going to show you how we're going to get our first client. And so you'll explain to them some techniques, methods to get the first client. And then the first thing they'll do is like, yeah, but how do I scale that? Like, how does that work when I have a hundred clients? And I'm always like, how about we get the first client first? Like, let's do that first. And then <laughs> let's worry about how we scale it. Like what software we need, like, let's just get one, you know, and then we can build from there. And I mean, that's the reality of how you build a business, right? Like yeah. one little step, one little piece at a time as you go and grow. So yeah, that's, that's great advice. Okay. One thing I wanted to talk about as well is, cause I feel like this is something that we kind of like, we didn't think enough about this in the beginning of growing our online business. And that is naming your products with the thought in mind of where you're going to promote your products. Right. Yeah. Um, and I know you were recently helping us with a, a funnel that we're getting ready to launch on Facebook and we had to rebrand the product because the name just, it, it wasn't going to work on Facebook, right? So maybe you can talk a little bit about, um, you know, what do you recommend to people when they're, when they're, you know, putting their courses together, naming their products, like what should they be thinking about in terms of where they're going to promote and that kind of stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, um, it's all about, like you said, one, who, uh, where are you going to market and who you're marketing to and kind of like your approach. Like I know some people have their overnight cash millionaire programs and I think those are very, very silly. And that's so 2013, bro. Sorry to say <laughs> I was still pissing my bed, man. Like it was 13, man. Like it's 2020. Give me the program. Uh, <laughs> um, but now it's about the mechanism of getting there. So for example, uh, I wrote this promo for uh, Traffic and Funnels. And again, talking about BizOp, I, I feel like I'm kind of becoming the Facebook compliant freelancer BizOp guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. So they had this promo where it's basically how to get clients using uh, Facebook ad to, um, what was it? It was an over, overly simplified Facebook ads, basically. Like super, super simple, very, very easy. Uh, no webinars, no, no funnels, no nothing. So this is Facebook ad to like a phone conversation. Like that's it. So I was like, okay, what's, what's interesting about this product? Well, it's invisible. Meaning like there's no funnel. 
So a competitor can't funnel, they can't funnel hack you. Right. There's no funnel. It's, it's, it's invisible. Right. So that's kind of interesting that way. Uh, and then I realized it's not a funnel. It's an anti funnel. So I literally called it the invisible anti funnel. And that shit is selling very well on Facebook right now. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. So it's, it's called, um, it's like, like the headline is, uh, the invisible anti funnel, how to get, how to consistently get a stream of high, of like high paying clients, um, without webinars, podcasts, or funnels. Right. So yeah. looking at like what makes it unique and looking at the system itself, like what, what is the system or the mechanism? Like talking, like we said earlier, like what's the mechanism, the mechanism, the system, the process, how are they going to get results? Uh, I'm currently working on another promo right now talking about, uh, so basically a lot of advertisers are using the old methods of doing Facebook ads, which is like, you know, manually ninja hacking your way to Facebook ad riches and Zuck bucks. Right. But there's a new way that Facebook actually wants you to do, which is where you basically, you give them your ads, you get like, you give them the copy and the image of the video and you let them take the wheel, right? It's, it's the power five strategy. Essentially. That's what they call it. Um, it's literally, there's like a power five website from Facebook. It's called power five. Like actually, um, so it's about that. And literally you just, they automatically do all the work for you. They optimize your budget. They optimize your campaigns. They put your stuff in front of the right people. They, they do what's called dynamic creative, which is where they, they split test, uh, your ads against each other. So you don't even have to manually test stuff. So, wow. so I exactly like you're a veteran guy and that's new to you. So we're teaching yeah. freelancers this shit. Uh, <laughs> So that, so I called that the automated ads blueprint, you know? And then it's like that plus a, a texting script for getting clients and that's it. Wow. That's awesome. I'm going to, like, I'll, I'll, we'll put some links to some of the things we mentioned here in the show notes too, but I'm definitely going to be checking that out after we get, get off of this interview. Uh, one other, one other thing I wanted to talk about as well is, you know, it can be frustrating sometimes when you're trying to run ads and you get on there and you're going to see people running ads that are not doing the things that we're talking about. Right. And uh, they are going to seem such, to be successful. Right. That's a common thing. That's a common thing. So yeah. I have, I have three things to say to you. So I'm always like, okay, don't say this or don't do this. Right. To a client. And they will be like, okay. And then they come back to me a week later. I think you did this to me, Tom. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> did you do this I to me? I forget. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I wait, hope wait. not. Okay, I hope so too. We're basically, they're like, well, but my competitor XYZ did this thing you told me not to do. Right? How yeah. are they on Facebook? Because like I said earlier, it's a scale. So if they're like a one out of 10 on every level, but then they have like, you know, one thing that I said not to do, that's like a seven out of 10, you know, average that out, that's going to be like a 1.5. However, there are some things that are totally going to screw you over, um, which I don't know if we have time to get into today, but it's a scale. Like think of it as like literally a weighted scale that averages out. So that's how to think about it. So one, either that person or that company brand, whatever, either they're not spending enough for Facebook to even see it for now two, they're white labeled with Facebook, meaning they're not going to get shut down. They're only going to get their account put on pause because they're spending enough and they have a good enough relationship with Facebook that they can afford to be more aggressive. 
or three, what I just mentioned with the scale of everything else is like squeaky clean besides this one little thing. Yeah. I mean, that's a great, that's a great insight and a thing to remember because like, yeah, I know as like marketers and entrepreneurs, we want everything to be black and white, right? Like do this, don't yeah. do that. And it's just, that's not the case when it comes to Facebook. Exactly. And just because they're advertising today doesn't mean they're going to advertise tomorrow. <laughs> right. Or if Facebook <laughs> decides to crack down on that one specific thing, like all of a sudden everything they're doing is gone while they yeah. try to correct that. Right. So like, for example, um, I remember they had some kind of like housing or like, so some of their ads were like discriminatory or, you know, they got sued for discriminatory housing or something like that. So meaning like, let's say they're like people advertising houses on Facebook or something. And, you know, they got sued somehow for being discriminatory towards, Oh, you're this ethnicity or you're this gender. Uh, so we're not going to give you the lease. We're going to give somebody else it. Right. So because of that lawsuit, they, that causes a ripple effect where everything relating to housing is going to get cracked down. Yeah, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. Well, so, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No problem. So, so that's why I always tell people like, actually I had a call with uh, one of my buddies today, Matthias Mazur. He's the CEO of uh, Zero Media. He's an OG. He's been advertising since I was, you know, nine. He's in 2009. Uh, he basically said, it's not about thriving on Facebook necessarily. It's about surviving and the long-term game because over time people are going to just get killed like from Facebook. We're going to get knocked off. So if you're just the last one standing, you win by default. It's not a glorious win, but Hey, that's where the money is. Yeah. Like think about it. Do you like on Facebook, when was the last time you saw a real hardcore biz op offer? The Amazon FBA guys, the drop shipping guys, the Kindle self Kindle publishing people, where do they go? Not on Facebook. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Yeah. You don't know when yeah. the crack is going to be and when it hits, it's too late. Yeah. You got to get ahead of that stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, man, that was a ton of great info. Ed, why don't, why don't you let listeners know where can they go to get more information about Ed, see more of your, I mean, you put some amazing stuff on Facebook just in terms of revealing what you're doing with compliance and all that stuff. So where can listeners go to, to find out more? Yeah. So I walk my talk. You can find my Facebook profile, Ed Ray. So my first name is E-D, last name R-E-A-Y. Yes, it's pronounced Ray, but R-E-A-Y. I have my Facebook profile. You'll see updates. Uh, I've got an email list. I don't have like one of those bit.ly links or whatever. Uh, So you can probably find my email list in my bio on Facebook. Give Give that a click. Go ahead and apply. Join it. Uh, it's all about Facebook compliance. It's called cash through compliance, how to make money using Facebook. I'm allowed to make that claim of how to make money because it's not on paid ads, but <laughs> right. aside, uh, you know, four, four to seven times a week, I post something, whether it's a, or an email to list, whether it's something on Facebook, whether it's something about a trend that's happening, different tips, techniques, tactics, everything, just like everything you've heard here in today's uh, interview, so yeah, just go check out my uh, Facebook profile. Send me a friend request. Happy yeah, to chat. Awesome. And I, I encourage you guys to do that because, you know, Ed does have in his profile, he's got a link to a video where he breaks down this ad formula as it is really great. Everyone should watch that. 
I'll put links uh, also in the show notes to some of these sure. things so you guys can find those. You can always find the show notes. You go to tomgaddis.com and just click on this episode. There'll be show notes there. Ed, really appreciate you being here. Again, really appreciate all of you for listening to What's the Secret Podcast. Stay safe out there. Practice aloha. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Aloha, everybody. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you found it helpful, then please share it with someone else. Just simply share the link or post it on Facebook and say, check this out. Really make my day if you did that. Also, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already so every podcast gets sent straight to you and you don't have to go searching for it. Again, my name's Tom Gaddis, and I'll see you next week on What's the Secret Podcast. Aloha for now, everyone.